0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy Friday to you. It's the Friday before Thanksgiving, before Christmas. Is Santa still coming? That's a very good question. We know a vaccine is coming. Hmm. USA Today has got an interesting article. Are you rich? And it looks at what, I'm just joking. (laughs) Um, It looks at what income you need in every state to be considered rich. I'm like, this is flawed. Because California, you could be living like a pig, like a hog, like a king, like a lord um, in different parts of California. And then you could be in other parts of California and it could be crushed. But that's okay. It's an interesting concept. And it begs the question of how much do you have to earn? And again, keep in mind, we're moving away from the big cities right now. We're saying pandemic and eh, we want more space. In Alabama, you're considered to be in the top 20% if you make over $106,000 to be in the top 5%, $189,000. That sounds like I should move to Alabama. Wait, wait, they've got ticks and fleas there. Sounds like I should stay exactly where I am. But California to be in the top 20%, you have to make over 162,000. That's considerably different. To be in the top 5% of earners, $250,000 per household. What does the average household make in California? $80,000. The cost of living is 15.4% more expensive in California than the U.S. average. So, if I'm a young person coming out of college, I get a hold of this list, I print it out, and I study it. And I eyeball where I think I can get a job, at what price. And I go, well, I could probably live pretty well in Delaware. No, no. Florida, to be in the top 20%, all you need to make is $117,000. The average household makes about $59,000 per year. But to be in the top 5%, you have to make over $226,000. A lot of retire, not a lot of retirees, but a lot of wealth ends up there because it's a tax friendly state. So 226,000 in Florida. So let's keep that number 226,000 in California. It's 250,000 plus. That's a jump. It's not that big of a jump. Hawaii to be in the top 20%, you have to make over 154,000 to be in the top five. It's 250,000 plus. Hmm. I find that to be a very interesting list. If I'm 20 years old, 25, 30, where I am now, I'm like, eh, kind of stuck. I'm in a rut. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you wanna talk about, we can talk about. I think one of the big stories is Pfizer seeking an emergency authorization, but that doesn't really feel all that great we have a little bit of a mystery science theater playing out where we have a vaccine coming. When will it come? When can I get it? Where can I get it? How can I get it? Which one's better than the other one? There's some questions on it, right? But then you have some questions that I didn't like the way Dr. Fauci said this today. He goes, my biggest fear is that the States that have governors that say you don't have to wear a mask are probably going to be the States that get very low vaccination rates probably right. (laughs) You know, if you put one and one together, Eli Lilly has received emergency use authorization from the FDA for a combo drug with Remdesivir. Treasury Department is shutting down some of the emergency programs that were part of the CARES Act and saying, hey, if you haven't used the money, we're taking it back. This is Congress's way. And Mnuchin is the Treasury Secretary of the President, but he's saying this is Congress's way of making sure everyone doesn't have a credit card that wants a credit card in the U.S. government because there's money in your system doesn't mean you get to spend it if you haven't. Great earnings out of the buckle. Ross stores, Foot Locker, Williams-Sonoma by a large margin. California is implementing a curfew from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. as part of its efforts to help contain the spread of the coronavirus. We don't really know what that looks like. I can tell you some of the employers in media are questioning, like, well, can we operate 24-7, 365? There's always staff here. Can they not come to work? There's question mark, question mark, question mark. And some people who don't want to go to work say, well, I can't come in, boss, because there's a lockdown. the boss like, no, we got you a letter. So there's reason to be bearish right now because there's a lot of question marks. We're still waiting for stimulus. And there's a lot of question marks on the vaccine and the the COVID. And I'll tell you today, um, I had a chance to go into radio and do it live from Fremont. I love that. There's nothing better than being in a a uh, high quality studio instead of in your back office. But I chose the back office because I was like, haven't I been doing stories all week about the highest number of infections that my mom's in the hospital with COVID, that she's on oxygen. Like, why am I even going in? Just continue to be vigilant. And it's not going to kill me. But man, do I miss human contact. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, anything that you want to talk about we could talk about money investing in more. the top stories of the day is negative start consolidation pattern continues for the week. We're not really moving much higher. We're rotating a little bit. we're grinding. Tesla is up twenty one percent this week. Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is up seven tenths of a percent. So for the week, that puts it up three tenths, three percentage points higher. Um, but it's kind of been blah. The NASDAQ's been a little better than the SP 500. Not a lot of action. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. There's still a lot of questions about. Trump and the transition to Biden. That's a little bit. That's a little bit weighing on the markets. Amazon has kicked off early Black Friday deals on tech products.
0: Woo-hoo!
1: Spend, 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 spend. Boy, we are spenders, but I do question this year's Christmas without uh, another round of stimulus. Will we somehow lighten up or Do we got it in us to continue to spend? Black Friday technically isn't here yet, but Amazon launched it. Target's launched it. Everyone's launching it. They're trying to beat each other. They want your dollar because they know you only have one left and they all want yours. So whether it's fashion or pet products, kitchen devices, electronics, they're all on sale today. A ring video doorbell. I got a ring video doorbell, used it for about two or three months, then got bored. Amazon Echo. No. Pass. Bose quiet headphones. I've already got headphones. I don't get all that excited by shopping, as you can tell. But it is Black Friday time, it means it's turkey time, which it means it's cooking time, it's kitchen cleanup, kitchen prep. I enjoy that time I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money. Investment. Find me online at RobBlackShow.com.
0: Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. 25 years ago, I lived on the East Coast. I got to see the killers once on Dave Letterman live in studio. He loved the killers. Weird how relationships kind of like linger in your head. I bring that up because on the East coast, we looked at the West coast and said, you guys are crazy out there. You got earthquakes. We saw the 1989 earthquake and we're like, why would anyone want to live in San Francisco? Buildings fall on people. Cars fall off bridges. Did you, that car just fell in the, in the bay and, Someone's dead. You're like, whoa. That's the thought of the East Coast on the West Coast, and then other thoughts on from the East Coast are things like, uh, you're gonna charge for plastic bags. My God-given right to have a plastic bag. I can pollute as, as much as I want to pollute. Why are you the hippies doing this? And then like the whole country does the ban on plastic bags. Good for them. And then the pandemic comes. Like, you want a plastic bag? You can have a plastic bag. <laughs> eh, okay, we we can't live without them. Point being is there's East Coast bias, West Coast bias. One of the parts about the East Coast is they think that there's earthquakes every day in California and that buildings fall down. And they think we're stupid for being here. Don't tell them it's true, right? Tell them it's true. Tell them it's true. Uh, we want wine country all for ourselves, except for now there's wildfires, which again, everyone on the East Coast, when there's a wildfire 180 miles away from me, they're calling me like, are you safe? Are you safe? There's a bias. We just don't get it. We're too far away from each other. The 2020 hurricane season is turning out to be the busiest season ever recorded. This year, I focused on the fire season again because it went on and on and on and on and on. And it took up more and more acres, more than last year, more than the year before. Like, whoa. And I didn't even pay attention to hurricanes. I just turned on the news the other day and I saw that the 2020 hurricane season is the busiest ever with 29 named storms. They named storms A through Z. Um, We got through them all. (laughs) That's how many there have been this year. With nearly two weeks left in the 2020 hurricane season, it's already been the busiest ever, 29 of them. When you talk hurricanes, you talk flooding. When you talk flooding, you start talking about damage to a home. One inch of flood water equals about $25,000 in damage. I once lived in a home that was flooded. I know you're saying you were raised poor, Rob. No, no, no. It was an apartment building. It was a condo that uh, uh, me and a girlfriend townhouse that we rented, I guess it's the right way of saying. Living in sin. And it was flooded not with water, but with fecal matter. Sewage started coming up through the toilets. And I can tell you the landlord wasn't too happy that the neighborhood basically had clogged up the pipes. Not me. It wasn't me. But one inch of water can cause $25,000 of damage. There is a math to everything. Um, our federal relief program wasn't meant for this. And we're gonna have to tinker going forward because it's very expensive. National Flood Insurance Program, it has over $20 billion in debt. Nancy Pelosi's holding a news conference. I bring that up, not because I'm Republican or Democrat, because maybe she'll talk about stimulus. And then I'm going to look at Wall Street and say, okay, is Wall Street getting all buttered up and loving on her? Not yet. We're lower on the Dow, the S&P, the Russell today. The Nasdaq's barely eking out a gain, but it's not noteworthy. Gold's moving a little higher. Oil's moving a little lower. It's a little bit of a Pandemic fear, cost of uh, not cost, but the increase in number of people being sick. So again, we're balancing COVID infection rates, which are alarming. Governors begging and pleading, "Don't travel on Thanksgiving." Hospital workers saying, "Please don't do this." And something tells me a large part of the country is going to do it. Um. I'm I'm buckling down with my family, so I'm gonna take some leftovers. I'm gonna take food to neighbors because that's the right thing to do. Um, but it's all gonna be done in a very clinical and ster- sterile, kind of way. Yeah, I'm a lot of fun, am I not? <laughs> not 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Airbnb is coming public. Um, they've got a CEO who is pretty fascinating. His name's Brian Chesky. He's led the company from near collapse, and they're going to pull off a $30 billion IPO. That's impressive. Roblox is making over a million dollars. No, 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 excuse me. A developer for Roblox is making over a million dollars. Roblox is pulling in over a billion dollars. They're going to come public this month, uh, next month, December. I want it to be, I want this year over so badly. I thought it was December. Um, Roblox, go check out a YouTube video and then ask yourself, is this really a billion dollar company? And the answer is yes. There's something called a side hustle and Weezer has a song, can't stop the hustle. And it's about being a, uh, driver for, uh, Uber or Lyft and you can't knock the hustle. Back in the 70s, when the original version of the song came out, it was probably about being a pimp or something, right? It was probably about something a little bit darker than Uber. But a good side hustle now is a graphic designer, sometimes a blogger, a reseller. When the Xbox came out, I bought two so I could sell one and use the profit from one to offset the cost of the first one. I've been doing that since every freaking console has ever come out. So for the ability to go to UPS, to lend money on my credit card for less than a month, <laughs> to go to UPS, put it in a box, send it off for 20 bucks, insure it just in case there's a Porch Pirate. Um, that's like $400 a cycle for me because I'm reselling it. I don't make a career off of it, but you could make a career off going into thrift shops and finding some you know vintage clothing and turn around and selling it. It's a real thing. Real people do it. Can't knock the hustle. I don't have to hustle, but if I did, I certainly would. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.
0: Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, seven to nine on AM twelve twenty KDOW.
1: Times change. A couple things about me, because I like giving you insight so that you know who your host is. I don't believe in get rich quick. Um, I'm snarky. i am got a wicked sense of humor because I had four very older brothers that were darker. Our favorite movie growing up was Raising Arizona, which is a movie about stealing a, a baby. <laughs> And somehow it, hilarity ensues. Um, but at Thanksgiving, we, we'd get together and say things like, I'll take these these here huggies and all, all the cash you got in the drawer. And we didn't know what we were saying. We were just repeating lines from a movie. One of the enduring jokes that I have on this show, because I like to be slightly risque, is one of my favorite magazines in life is called Jugs. I really like 16th century pottery. And clearly that's not what you thought of when I said the magazine called Jugs. And that's stolen directly from Raising Arizona. When he goes to steal the baby, he's looking at a magazine. Or he sees a a attendant at a seven eleven looking at a magazine. And it was the different Jugs. But I don't know. What I'm getting at is get to know me a little bit more and you'll see that I've got a different sense of humor than you. And I try to bring that to the show. But one of the things also when you get to know me is that I'm a voracious reader. I just went through 750 pages in three days, three nights. Um, Everything I've ever learned, I've learned in a book. That's what Joseph Campbell taught me early in my collegiate days. So I started reading voluminous, just one after the next, after the next. Anything I can get my hands on. Business books aren't that great. But I'll tell you the best books that I've ever read in business, if you want to pick one up. The Black Swan. It's called The Impact of the Highly Improbable by Nassim Tlaib. The Black Swan is a must-read. As an investor philosopher, he diagnoses the, the way people misguidedly lean on prediction as a way of moving through the world. And he explains financial events. One book I didn't like, Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. Maybe I'm just not a feminist enough. Maybe I'm uh, misogynistic. I don't know. Um, She did a great job of giving compelling research. I didn't really like the personal stories on how to succeed.
0: A little too
1: yellow for me. There's nothing exciting about yellow. Another book that I enjoyed enormously was called Give and Take by Adam Grant. Something in our culture tells us the need to be manipulative. I, I, I think if you don't see manipulation every single day and backstabbing as a way to grow professionally in the business world as very American, I think you're missing it. Research indicates that people who create the most value for others are the ones who end up at the top of their fields. So how do I create value? I basically give you financial advice for free. And I think I'm probably the best at it in the United States. I would say Rick Edelman's pretty good. But then after that, I think it drops off pretty aggressively. I look at people like Sue Zorman, and she's not trying to give you anything of value. She's trying to sell you that she's smarter than you. That's just my opinion. Peter Thiel, he's a fascinating nut job of a genius of mine. Zero to one, notes on startups, how to build the future. He did a really good job of documenting Web 2.0 and the Internet of the 1990s. Web 2.0 being the social media companies, the Internet of the 1990s being heavily tied up with, like, the Yahoo's, the Excites, the Lycos. Um, there's a great CEO. And just to show you that I'm trying not to be misogynistic or anti-feminist there's a great book that if i had a daughter i would give it to her it's called girl boss Um, she's a serial entrepreneur always looks around and thinks what can i do next they loosely made a tv show about her for netflix that lasted about one year and the reason this came into my head was as i was planning out the show today in my head her side hustle was going into thrift stores and buying like Versace jackets from a thrift store guy for five bucks and then selling it on eBay for 500. But then that led to another job where she started a company called Nasty Gal. And it, it's, it's written by, um, her name is Sophia Amoroso, A M O R U S O Amoroso. Um, she did dumpster diving as a kid. And because she dumpster dived, it paved her way for massive success. Today, I'm thinking dumpster dive. I'm going to get poked by a needle and die of HIV. But that was her way of like expressing her entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I dig the, bu- the book. It's called Hashtag Girl Boss. Um, I think, obviously, a Dale Carnegie book you have to throw in as a business book that we all read once in our life. How to Win Friends and Influence People. I would much rather be beloved by you because I went out of my way to do a nice thing, whether it be a referral, whether it be an insight, whether it be talk to your, your kid about their finances. Um, I, I've made a career out of like saying yes to people until legally I can't. Like if you ask me, what stock did you buy? I can't front run. I can't break the rules. But, you know, my wealth is heavily tied up in Apple and Qualcomm. Um, Nike, Visa, you know, the stocks that I own, I've been talking about them for years, Disney. So I don't think there's a lot of secrets here. Um, some other business books, if you want them, um, the death of competition, I think is a fantastic book written by Moore M O O R E at one point in time, it was out of print and to get it on Amazon, you had to pay like $250. (laughs) But it's back in print, I believe, or someone found a a treasure trove of them. Another weird business. You give up your books, and they go to thrift stores, and thrift stores post them online, and they sell them for one penny, but it's like $5 of shipping, and that's where they're making the money on shipping, and like you're like, whoa, got it. Um, I think a great book for me was Friend or Foe. It's written by Adam Galinsky. Adam Galinsky. And... It was all about when to cooperate, when to compete, how to succeed at both. Um, I'm not an alpha in business. Never have been, never will be. I'm an alpha in research. Because I know that if I bring intelligence to the table, I offer you something that very few people can. A lot of the success that I've done on Wall Street has been because I get habits. Apple is a massive success because you get into the habit of buying one every year. You get in the habit of owning that brand. You get in the habit of using the AirPods that work seamlessly with a product. You get into a habit with restaurants. You like one restaurant, you go to it again and again and again, you have a travel luxury credit card. You use it again and again. And again, you get in the habit of building points. You get in the habit of like we are creatures of habit. And when you, you learn that socially, is behavioral finance is super important. I know that at some point in time, I'm going to be replaceable. I learned that from a book by Seth Godin that said, are you indispensable? Am I replaceable or am I indispensable? I've tried to make myself indispensable in media. I work essentially for minimum wage and radio, and I work essentially for free and television. It gives me a platform to get my ideas out. I don't have to make money there. So I've made myself hopefully indispensable, which is not true to radio and TV. Trust me, they will replace me with smarter, faster, cheaper. They will replace me with taller, sexier, better voice. My board op today, a uh, producer, he's got a voice that's booming. He's got bass in his voice. And it makes me sound like Mickey Mouse. So I'm, I'm dispensable based on my voice, but not based on my knowledge. And my cost structure is fine, per se. So I'm not a big drain. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Good book on business out there called Power, Why Some People Have It and Others Don't by Jeffrey Peffer. I always hate names like Peffer. It's P-F-E-F-F-E-R. Change your name. Drop the PF. Just go with a PE. Please do it for me. Peffer. It's funny because I wanted to name my child Pfft. and whatever. So the teacher in school would say, whatever. <laughs> and you'd say here. I know you're saying you think too much about this stuff. I do, but it's, I'm showing you who I am. I read a lot. I study a lot. I come up with dark ideas in my head a lot. I have two boys and I wanted to name them their middle names. I was like, I told the the wife, I said, you pick the first name. It could be Christian. It could be biblical. It could be grandparents. It could be like a cool name, like Hunter or Rock, whatever. I said, I get the middle names. So we went with danger and trouble. And why did we go with danger and trouble? Because when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, and I wanted to meet a woman, I didn't have an opening line. I, didn't, I, I couldn't say anything cheesy like, I could get lost in your eyes forever. Probably would have worked well. I came up eventually with, uh, what album would you buy if you could only buy one album? That was my line. If she liked music, then we had something in common. So I wanted to say, Danger's my middle name. And she goes, no. And then pull out my ID and say it is. And I go, what's your name? I, I needed an icebreaker so you build it into your children for them so you give them an advantage because middle names are stupid anyway my middle name francis do you know what it's like growing up with a middle name francis in elementary school and the teacher says robert francis black dreadful i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing anymore.
0: No want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220,
1: KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the show. I dig my new producer. He's at a different point in his life that kind of was a point I was at at one point. Young, in love, trying to figure out how to put all the pieces together. We have some good conversations during the break. That's one of the things I love about the show is that it's never scripted. It always comes off from a different place. Fridays are my favorite day because those are the days, I think, where I take the most chances. I loved my segment about William sonoma Loved it. I give myself an A+. plus. I'm sending that off to the Smithsonian to become part of Radio Hall of Fame. I hated my segment on Thanksgiving and inflation. I was like, how, do I, how can I tinker that better? And next time, I'll try to be better. Taking a look at Wall Street today, Pfizer is about to ask the FDA to authorize its coronavirus vaccine, a critical step before it can be given to more people. But I got instant, that's super exciting, 95% effective. But then I got instantly depressed when I started thinking about what Dr. Fauci said. He goes, we've politicized the virus. And he sees states that want it to reopen, for lack of a better area, Texas, Florida, North Dakota, that governors are having a tough time enforcing mandates without people going out on the streets with rifles. Look, you need to stay home. It's for your own safety. Well, I got a gun. I I don't even know what to say here. Like I, that's not my world. But what Fauci was saying was like this flu shot things only going to work if we actually get the flu shot. And he's like, I'm a little bit nervous that some states that have fought masks and some states that have fought, you know, shutdowns are going to fight a vaccine. I will say that's your right. But I'll say it does bring into a question like, how's Wall Street going to respond to that? And again, please know that's all I care about. My whole goal is getting you to retirement. If you want to change the world socially, that's up to you. If you want to hug trees, hug trees. If you want to cut down trees, cut down trees. If you want to hug elephants, hug elephants. You want to hunt them, hunt them. I'm not put on this planet to help you figure that one out. I'm put on this planet to help you get to retirement. Stocks are falling today, turning a meh week into even more of a meh kind of week. But I'll say this, we're falling, but we're not out. We're not going face down. This doesn't feel like the beginning of the end. This feels like, what's next? The SP and p 500's down one quarter of a percent. The Dow's down one half a percent. The Nasdaq's up one tenth of a percent. There's a horrible, horrible movie in the 1990s called Streets of Fire. It might have been the 1980s. It had Michael Perret in it. And a lady who went on to become one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Diane, what was her name? Ian lane that's right and it had a it had a soundtrack which was hilarious because in the movie uh the song St- from streets of fire was sang fr- by um what looked like a young motown band and then you see the guy in real life and he's like very caucasian and you're like wow i was fooled that guy's got some soul in him but the song has the phrase in it um you and me, we should be going nowhere slowly, but we're going nowhere fast. Something about get away from the past. But what I want you to really focus on is we're going nowhere slowly right now. Sideways isn't down, but it's also not up. So am I happy today? I actually am. Yeah, this has been a great year. Do I wish I was at an all-time high like I was last week at this point? Eh, oh, I'm okay. It's liquid money or is it not liquid? It's in stocks. I haven't sold it nor have I, I don't know I need it. So it's okay to go nowhere fast in the big picture of how did, I, where did I come in the middle term? When I come in the long term? Pfizer's asking the FDA to authorize its coronavirus vaccine and you're like, that should be good news. But no, we've already known that. Wall Street deals with that pretty quickly. Early on in the vaccination, virus debate, one of the scientists I was watching, maybe on PBS or something, maybe it was a BBC show, he said, this is a relatively easy one to tackle. The, the, the makeup, the molecular makeup of this virus isn't all that challenging like HIV has been. So anyway, targeted Walmart are proving that e-commerce surge won't reverse ever, never, ever. As if that's the biggest duh moment of the day, right? Walmart said its online sales rose 79% in the quarter. Target said its online sales rose 155%. We are beasts of habit. I'll never be a beast of burden. You know what the beast of burden are? I believe, I believe. It's a creation math. How did we become populated? You know, were Adam and Eve? Was it a were we made out of clay by our creator? And then I don't know. Walmart's online sales grew ninety seven percent in the quarter. Target's online sales up hundred and ninety five in the second quarter. The third quarter seventy nine percent in one hundred. Like it's not letting up. These are big numbers, and once we get used to doing something, we do it again and again and again. You know my favorite kid meal was as a kid? Uh, Italian spaghetti. You know what my favorite meal is today? Probably like an Italian pasta, maybe with a little more garlic and a little more olive oil that versus red sauce, but it's pretty darn close. So we, we're beasts of burden. So good for Walmart, good for Target, even better for Amazon because they've They've tinkered with it. They've seen the successes and the failures. They've seen the heavy amounts of artificial intelligence where they can get better and worse. The shift from physical retail to online shopping was already happening pre-COVID, of course. Duh. But some old-fashioned companies are getting better and better at it. They're not the Pelotons, the Zooms, the Slacks, the CrowdStrikes, or the Chewies. They're Walmart and Target. Boring, but executing beautifully. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.